Welcome to Weigh-In Sports Talk. Today is Wednesday, October 2nd. Before we get started, here are a few reminders. We would love to hear from you, and here are several ways to weigh in. Call us at 646-716-5564 or join us in the chat room by listening online at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Tarvino or follow us on Twitter at Weigh in Sports. Now here's your host, Brian Tarvin, and co-host, Trey Patterson. Let's weigh in. Welcome, everyone. I'm excited about tonight's show. I hope you all are. It's been a long, long week, and it seemed like Wednesday night would never get here, and, and Wednesday night means that Saturday's very, very close. So we have NFL tomorrow night in college, some big games on tap this weekend. Trey, and just like we said the other night, Major League Baseball is back, and the wild card is, is on tonight. Currently, Tampa's up one to nothing on Cleveland, man. How's it going? Uh, it's going well tonight, man. How are you? Oh, doing wonderful. Excited about this week being over with. Thank God it's been a long week, and I don't know about you, Trey, but I'm getting pumped about this weekend's games. Yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be a good weekend for uh, certainly the NFL has got a lot of good games. It was actually tough picking five, but there's a lot of college football worth uh, worth mentioning as well, Harvin. You should have picked ten, man. Anytime you can't choose five, choose ten. Let's let's make it let's yeah. make it tougher. <laughs> It really could have been this week. I mean, there is so many good uh, NFL games. Picking five was hard to do. I'm intrigued by a lot of NFL this week. And, of course, of course, uh, college football as well. And then the baseball playoffs, man, it's a good time. Well, Trey, I was watching uh, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati last night, and, and I just really started thinking about the wild card format that they have. I just, I just hated to see Cincinnati make it – for 162 games, get to this point, and one game on the road, they're out of the playoffs. Trey, I, I like the two wild cards, but I, I kind of wish there was more than one game to determine, you know, who made it to the next series. Maybe a best out of three. Yeah, actually, I agree with you. I think a best of three would be perfect. I, I just, you know, I mean, one of the things that, you know, struck me last night, obviously, other than wanting to see more of that series is, you know, it's very rare that you talk about a baseball atmosphere affecting a game. And, you know, I mean, Johnny Cueto having to sort of stop uh, pitching because, um, you know, the Pittsburgh fans were yelling, you know, Cueto, Cueto. Uh, and, you know, just to see a baseball crowd that rowdy, uh, whether you're a Pittsburgh fan uh, or not, it was just, you know, for me, it was just good fandom watching the fans affect an outcome of a baseball game. Well, you know, when Cleveland came on tonight, you saw how how electric the crowd was, how intense they they were. Trey, how is Atlanta going to be tomorrow night? In Atlanta, game one against the Dodgers, Kershaw is on the mound, meddling for the Braves. Will the crowd impact this game and, and try to help Atlanta get past game one? Because I think this is the biggest game of the series is the first one. Well, you know, Atlanta's crowd, I've, I've, I've seen a lot of, you know, sports commentators and Twitter followers talk about how, you know, it's going to be rocking, uh, you know, in Turner Field, and, you know, they're going to be the kind of crowd that affects, you know, game. I'll be honest, Tarvin, you and I have both been to a lot of Braves games, including the playoffs, uh, and, you know, I'm just not so sure. I'm not sold. Uh, the Atlanta crowd it can be very subdued until it gets further on. I mean, it's almost like you have to convince them to get fired up at times. So, 
<laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not so sold on the you know it rocking in Atlanta. Uh, hopefully it is. Obviously, as a Braves fan, I'd like to see uh, you know them affect the game the way that the Pittsburgh Pirates fans did. Um, but you know, I'm just not sold on that yet. And so I, I have to see that this 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 game that the fans are going to come out and be ready to just let it rip. Well, you know, I'm not if I'm an Atlanta Braves fan, I'm not. I'm not afraid to go to L.A. for their crowd. I think the Braves and Dodgers have very fickle fan bases, really. And I don't know. When I think of home field advantage, the first thing that comes to my mind is, what was it, 91, when the Braves were on the road at Minnesota and they had the what was it, the white towels or whatever, the rags they were waving and how loud they were. That's home field advantage. I've never been to Turner Field where I thought, wow, this crowd's really behind the guys. It's just. It doesn't happen in Atlanta, and I think a lot of people are, you know, are fooled thinking that the Braves' home field advantage means something. The best decision Atlanta ever made was Dan Ugla is not on the roster, Trey. What do you think about Dan Ugla being left off after playing the entire season with the Braves? Well, I mean, you know, I, I think it's, uh, you know, when you look at his 197 batting average, I think they had to do it. Um, I think one of the reasons is is he's the kind of player that, I think can affect your team in a negative way, and you know if he if he's super cold, uh, and that rubs off on the team, you can't have that going against the team. Is is really yeah. when you look at pitching from the Dodgers, you just with their feast for famine already. A guy who has been such a struggle, you can't just have him on the roster playing every day in hopes that he hits a three run homer that makes a difference and strikes out ten times. You know, I mean, that's really what the only hope would be to have him on the roster. Well, I was excited to see this. I'm very surprised the Braves made this move, though. This is not uh, the way Atlanta does business usually. They'll they'll keep him in and just keep him swinging and missing. But when you look at the pitching staff that they're going to face, strikeout pitchers, you can't – Ugla's not going to hit Kershaw, Trey, unless he closes his eyes and just swings and one time gets it right. But I think they're smart by leaving him off. This is a, a very dominant pitching staff by the Dodgers, and maybe I don't know how they made this decision, but I was shocked to see it. So, are you ready to make your prediction in this Dodgers Braves series? Yeah, I mean, I think it's that time. Give us your prediction. How many games is it going to go? Well, yeah, I, I think um, that uh, it's. You know, I'm looking at uh, you know, Kershaw. I know he has an 0-1 playoff record. Uh, he's only pitched in two games. He's gone to over seven innings every time. So, you know, Kershaw is going to be a guy who can affect an outcome. Uh, I, I look at the Dodgers, Tarvin, and I think this is a five-game series, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, it is. And, and yeah, so I look at this to go in five, uh, and, and I look at the Dodgers pulling this out against the Braves. So, you know, my heart says, uh, you know, go with Atlanta. But, you know, given the, the postseason we've seen, uh, the postseasons we've seen from Atlanta over the last couple of years when they have made it, they really just haven't been a team uh, that sort of they seem to be built for the regular season. And I look at the pitching for the Dodgers with Grinky and Kershaw going one and two. I look at a team that's built for the postseason. So, I, you know, i got to go with the Dodgers and Tarvin in five. Well, you might call me crazy, but I'm picking the Atlanta Braves to win the first two in Atlanta. I know you that's, that's probably crazy. But against Kershaw... Um, I think they're going to hit him. I think it's going to be a very low-scoring game. I think the Braves are going to win 2-1. to one. I think the home field will mean something in this one. And Friday night, there's no day off in between this. I think Atlanta takes it. I think it, I think they finish this series off in L.A. 
they're going to lose game three, and they're going to come back and win game four. We will not see a five-game series in this. And I've been back and forth with it, but everybody's picking the Dodgers to win the dominant pitching staff. I think Atlanta, this could be their year, Trey, because nobody's expecting them to beat L.A. Usually the Braves underachieve when they're the favorite, really, and people are have high expectations. Well, I don't think there's high expectations right now, do you? Well, I mean, given the, the Braves, I mean, uh, the season they've had, I think there has to be. Uh, but we're talking about how they play and you know, sort of played themselves out of the number one seed. I think there's some trepidation on the, the part of Atlanta fans. And, you know, Paul said in the chat room that he thinks if it goes five, then, you know, this is the Atlanta crowd makes a difference. Well, you know, we're going to see if the Atlanta crowd makes a difference in game one. I mean, I don't think, it, you know, if, if you're right, Tarvin, I think the, the you know the old Fulton County you know when back in the those days when it was Fulton County and you know before that got sort of imploded man there were some times where that stadium was rocking and I think they need to bring up sort of the the ghost of of that and the Turner Field and, and bring that kind of crowd noise back when the launching pad of Fulton County Stadium uh, in those moments Tarvin if we see that kind of crowd I think then you're right I think the Braves could easily win this series the Franco Francisco Cabrera um, goes coming out. You know, the magic that night, game seven against us, the Pirates. I'll never forget that night. And maybe something can happen. I mean, this team is – maybe they're too young to know what – you know, to get too nervous and know what to expect. But the home field is huge for Atlanta in this game. I, I just think if Atlanta went on the road the first two, Trey, I think they would lose if Kershaw was at home. I mean, Kershaw is a dominant pitcher, especially at home. So at least getting him on the road gives him a better chance to lose – so you're picking the Dodgers in five. I'm picking Atlanta in four. And Jason Humphrey is picking Dodgers in four. And Paul Ewing is picking, who is he picking? Atlanta in five. Okay. Um, Trey, let's look at the, the series, Tampa, Cleveland. Who are you picking in this game right now to see who goes and plays Boston? Well, you know, like I said, this is another heart head pick. I know the Tampa's leading. I'm going to stick with the pick that I made on Sunday night. <laughs> Uh, which is Cleveland. I mean, I, I picked Cleveland to win this game. They won 10 straight going into this game. Tampa had won 9 of 11. Ben, ben Zobris just uh, could have taken a three or, or excuse me, a three and homer to really change that. But, you know, it's, I'm still picking Cleveland even though they're down one nothing with two guys on right now. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm sticking with what I picked on Sunday. Well, you know, I like Tampa when it was 0-0. Zero, zero. Uh, you know, Cleveland, when it was 0-0, I'm kind of liking Tampa now, Trey, that they're winning, you know, not to be fickle. But I'm going to pick Cleveland with you. I'm staying with my pick. Uh, I think they're going to they're gonna win. It's going to set up a great matchup with Boston and Cleveland, a good storyline. Um, you know, the ex-coach there at Boston coming to play back. I think that's a good storyline. Baseball is going to be in trouble, Trey, if we have, uh, let's say, <laughs> like Pittsburgh and uh, Cleveland in the World Series. I mean, the ratings for baseball are down. They need something to pick these ratings up, and I think Cleveland-Boston would be the perfect series to do that. Yeah, and just the one thing just to touch back on the Atlanta series that I wanted to mention is, you know, Chris Medlin, who if you look at his overall record, it doesn't seem too impressive at 15-12, and 12, but he was the pitcher of the month in the NL last month of September. I think he was 5-0 and 0 with a sub-3 a sub or sub-2 ERA. So, you know, Medlin's been hot. So, Tarvin, you know, that's why I think your prediction isn't, you know, outrageous. But if we look into a Cleveland Boston series, uh Tarvin, you know, I gotta go uh, I gotta go Boston uh with the win there. Uh looks like the Rays just got two runs in 
Um, so they just took a 3-0 lead in the fourth inning. But, you know, I'm going to pick Boston uh, in uh, in a matchup versus the Rays or Cleveland. I'm, I'm picking Boston. I think they're too good of a, a baseball team right now. Uh, they got decent pitching right now, and their hitters have been really good. So, you know, Tarvin, I'm going Boston. I think if it is – I think if it's the Rays, Tarvin, I think it goes five. I think it's, if it's Cleveland, they win it in four. Yeah, I mean, Tampa seems like a team that they can get hot and they, they they barely limp into the playoffs and here they come playing better baseball than anyone. I, I'm going to pick Boston as well if they play Tampa or Cleveland, but, oh, man, I want to pick Tampa. I may change it, you know, come back on the, before they start the series. just depends on how this game goes, but I'm going to pick Boston in that one. So what, how is it looking for you when we're looking at, Pittsburgh play in St. Louis. I mean, they're in the same division and everything. Does that help Pittsburgh that they played them so many times this year? Yeah, I mean, I think when you're looking at a five-game series versus Pittsburgh and St. Louis, you look at two teams who have played each other quite often. Um, and, you know, you're talking about their overall record against each other. I don't have that right now. I'll try to figure that out real quick. But, I mean, these are two teams that are really familiar with each other. Yeah, and who that advantage goes to, I think this year – uh, if I'm not mistaken, I, I think it's the Cardinals have the advantage of those games. And, and see if Paul can take a look at that real quick on Forest. But, I mean, I, I look at St. Louis, Tarvin, and the team that played such good baseball down the stretch. I know that Pittsburgh is going to have an enormous home field advantage. So, I mean, you got to look at this game as being, you know, St. Louis is one of those towns that get baseball too. Uh, so, I mean, three games at home versus two games in Pittsburgh. I look at this game going the full five with a uh, very close win in game five. Probably the best series, to be honest with you, is going to be the St. Louis-Pittsburgh series. Yeah, I'm going to pick the upset in this one. I'm going to pick Pittsburgh uh, to win this series. They're playing great baseball. I, I really like a team that that, gets, that comes in like this. They play their way in. Trey, it's just something about that wild card the last few years. We see it. I mean, they, they do good. So which wild card, really, are you going to pick to do well in the in the playoffs? I like Pittsburgh to come in to beat St. Louis and have an Atlanta-Pittsburgh National League Championship Series. I mean, a rematch from the good old days when I was a kid. Yeah, that's yeah, and you look at Pittsburgh and you think, you know, it's a great story. They're hot right now, Tarvin. So it's not a bad idea. So you know, taking a look of, I think the series that probably gets the least press is, you know, Detroit and Oakland. Uh, Tarvin, what do you think about, I mean, the Oakland A's are a team I think you had in the playoffs in the preseason, so it didn't surprise you with this outcome. I had them, um, you know, out of the playoffs this year. I had them winning, being above 500, but did not have them winning uh, in enough to win in the postseason to Tarvin. You know, for me, they're a, a, a big overachiever, but Detroit is right where they should be, according to you both you and I, in the preseason. So what do you think about this Oakland-Detroit series? I mean, it's a tough, tough series for me to predict. I want to pick Detroit, and and the reason I don't want to pick Detroit is because I don't think Verlander is what he used to be. And, you know, going into this before the season, if you told me that Oakland and Detroit would play, I would pick Detroit. But, hey, you have to know Scherzer, he's pitching very good, but how's he going to do in the postseason? Um, how's Detroit, the bats, going to do? I, I like Oakland because they play team baseball. I mean, those guys have to play together. There's no superstars, really, that you look at besides, um, what was it, Cespedes, uh, if I even said that right. Um, the only guy I can really think of as a star, he won the home run derby. But, Trey, I want to pick Oakland just because I just 
I like them. They're consistent all season, and I just don't know how the bats of Detroit are going to do in these playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I gotta, yeah, I'm kind of the same way. You know, Oakland is, uh, you know, hosting this series. They're the home team, uh, so Detroit is is going out to Oakland right now, or at least today they went out there. Uh, and I, you know, I, I'm agree with you. I mean, I look at Verlander. I'm not so sure that he's a he's a uh, postseason ace like we've seen before. Uh, I look at this, this Oakland athletic team, and I just I just I scratch my head, uh, and they seem to find <laughs> new guys and new ways to win, and the pitchers they have. Are really solid, and, and they they seem like a guy, a group of guys, who's on the verge of breaking out in the postseason. So, Tarvin, I'm going to go with Oakland as well, and I think this might be one of those series that really surprises with how short it is in length. Yeah, I mean, especially on the West Coast, going all the way to the West Coast like that, it does favor Oakland. But you're right. I mean, scratch your head to see. And I picked them to win that division just just because nobody else was, Trey, honestly. It wasn't that I had some kind of great analysis for them to win. It was really I just had a gut feeling about it and picked it. So I can't take too much credit for it. It was just a guess. I also picked Toronto to win the East. Look how that turned out. <laughs> well, yeah, we're looking at our stats, Tarvin. St. Louis was 3-8 and eight this year, and Paul was able to pull it this year for us against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. But they were six and two against Pittsburgh uh, when they were hosting them. So, uh, just some interesting stats overall. Um, looks like nine and ten overall, but clear home field advantages for both teams. And as an, you know, you, so we talked about that all the time in the NFL home field advantages. Well, you know, for baseball, there are some teams that have that. And, you know, Pittsburgh and St. Louis are two of those teams. So, uh, but I agree with you on the Oakland series. I think I think Oakland's gonna. To, I really do think this could be one of those series that goes quick against uh, a lot of predictions. Well, it's going to be some fun times. And we'll, you know, the next show, Trey, we'll pick every, all of our predictions for the World Series if you want to, or we'd rather go ahead and do that tonight. What's that, Tarvin? You're, you're kind of breaking up a little bit, buddy. Would you rather go ahead and do our World Series predictions tonight, or would you rather wait till next show? Uh, let's wait until next show. And um, if anybody else is having any problems with, um, uh, you're, you're kind of choppy again. Uh, so I don't know if anybody else is All hearing right. it, Tarvin, but I was here. Trey, Trey, take over real quick. I'm going to call back in. Um, we did some things. I'll be back in two minutes. Yeah, other people were hearing it as well. So, guys, you know, one of the things that I'd like, you know, everybody to do since this, this is, you know, a way in sports is, you know, hit us up right now in the chat room. Tell us what you think uh, your World Series predictions are. We'll, we'll put all those out uh, on Sunday. We'll have a, a prediction show once these uh, series get started. We'll talk a little bit about it. So tell us what you think about, you know, the baseball playoffs as they start getting going and obviously uh, your predictions. We have a lot of, you know, Paul said in the chat room, the Dodgers, the Pirates, and the Cards are the three top road teams in the NL, and that's one of those um, we talked about, you know, we're talking about home field advantage and can, can you win on the road? Well, in a five-game series, you know, you can just win all your home games and that can be fine. When you start talking about, you know, going seven, you really kind of need to take, um, you know, be better on the road. You can't you can't account for losing three in the middle there and hoping to win at home on two games. So, you know, being a good road team is very important in the postseason. You know, Paul, I appreciate you um, – Posting that we have Jason Humphrey, who I know Jason's going to pick the Dodgers uh, for the World Series. So Jason, you know we know who you're picking, and it's a pretty 
I think probably the favorite right now, if you had to go into Vegas odds, uh, would probably be the Dodgers, you know, looking at, you know, overall odds with that pitching. Uh, probably the Red Sox would be up there as well. So probably Dodgers, Red Sox would be the most common. But if you have a prediction, let us know, because uh, this baseball postseason has the ability to really kind of be interesting, especially if Boston and the Dodgers were to lose. I mean, the teams that would be left, as Tarvin just said, would be uh, not the biggest market teams. And there are a lot of small market teams in the postseason this year. So for baseball purists, that's a very positive thing. But for the big market folks and the rating folks, that might be a very negative thing. And, you know, Tarvin, I hear you back. But the question I have for you, Tarvin, is if, say, Tampa does go on to win this game and, you know, with as poor of attendance as they've had this year, I mean, do you think they have the worst home field advantage in the postseason? Well, I think it'll be rocking. I mean, like I said, these fans are fickle. They want to see a game being played that means something. I think Tampa will sell out. They'll have everyone there. It'll be noisy. I think they have a good home field advantage when they get people there. They're almost like the Miami Hurricane. You know, get them winning. They get people in the stands. They're losing. You have about 20 people in the stands. So I think Tampa has a good home field advantage. Yeah, I mean, if they sell out, I think you're right. And I, I went to uh, the year they made the World Series back in 2008. Um I actually went to uh, the league championship series when they and they won that. Attended two games. It was it was a good crowd. I mean, I've been to postseason games only in two cities. I've been in postseason games in Atlanta and Tampa. And I, I can tell you, out of the two, Tarvin, you know, I mean, uh, you know, Atlanta was a, a certainly a good crowd back in the the early '90s when I went. But so was Tampa back in 2008 when they were making that World Series run. So maybe you're right. Maybe those fickle fans show back up and, and give us something because if they win this game. Those ball players, Tarvin, deserve an actual home field advantage. Well, Trey, before we get into into football, I just wanted to brag a little bit about the show. We don't do it much, but our show Sunday night was number one on Block Talk Radio, and I'm not talking just sports. I'm talking everything. So Sunday night show was a, a great show, and even you know Tuesday it was ranked number four. So we've moved from one to four you know, the two days after the show. But just wanted to throw that out there and thank all the listeners out there for supporting the show and listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. Trey, man, I'm excited about these NFL games you put out there this weekend. And, you know, I think we went, what, 3-2 and two or 2-3, two and three, something in the NFL. We hit our college games. But I really have a feeling I, I may go at least 4-1 and one in the NFL this week. Well, you know, Tarvin, this is a tough week. I mean, I think the games I picked are – they're relatively tough. Uh, it was, you know, like I said, there were more games that I would have loved to have picked because I think there's a lot of games uh, in the NFL that, to be honest, are just intriguing. And I think there could be some upsets this week. I mean, one of the things about the NFL, Carvin, is, you know, again, going back to home field is, you know, a lot of times these big teams that are 4-0 and look great, they go on the road and they haven't been on the road in a couple of weeks and, you know, the outcome can be different. So, I kind of, you know, looking at some of the people's picks already, Tarvin, and I think a lot of these games are going to be very split. Well, I mean, it's, it's just hard. You're right. The NFL is a bipolar league. There's so much parity in it. One thing, I mean, there's a couple of – there might be one upset, but I do, just to let the listeners know, going the, in the college, I do have a big upset out there, Trey. I'm sure you're excited to hear what my upset is. Hopefully you'll have an upset, but go ahead and get us started through these five games, five great games, by the way. Well, Tarvin, game one, uh, I'm just sorry, I'm actually uh, like away from my computer. 
So I know it's the Ravens, Tarvin. So tell me what you think about this Ravens team, uh, two and two, and here they are. This is one of those teams I was talking about, Tarvin. Looked bad last week. What do you think about their chances this week? Well, the the thing that that concerns me is I hate picking against Baltimore when they're an underdog. On the road, it just seems like when they're an underdog, they play better. And they played terrible, you know, last week. And Miami got blown away on Monday Night Football. So this is not a game where you can say, okay, well, Miami needs to bounce back for just Baltimore. Both teams need a win bad just to salvage last week. Trey, God, this is a tough game. I have I don't have much faith in, in Miami, honestly, after watching them play against New Orleans. I, I like them to play it close. But Baltimore, when they're an underdog and they go on the road, they usually cover. I like them to win this game, Trey. I'm going to pick the Baltimore Ravens to, to kind of slightly upset the Miami Dolphins on the road. I think Flacco, he doesn't have a great game, but I think Baltimore creates some turnovers and gets it done. Yeah, you know, I'm sorry, I meant, I meant Baltimore on the road and Dolphins at home. Thanks for correcting me on that one. But, you know, this is one of those interesting games because, you know, Baltimore played so poor last week and so did the Dolphins. You had Joe Flacco coming off his five interception performance and the Dolphins just got blasted by the Saints. So, you know, can they recover at home? And what, and what are we going to know about the Baltimore Ravens? Because we're going to know something about them this week, whether they're a solid football team, possibly in the playoffs, or whether this is one of those years that soon turns south. And I think you know, a win on the road against the Dolphins is something they can build on. And the question I have for Baltimore is where is Ray Rice? He had five carries, I think, for nine yards last week. That just doesn't cut it when you have a back as talented as he is supposed to be. So you know, my question is, is he healthy? And if he's not, you know, why don't they have Bernard Pierce in there? So, Tarvin, I agree with you. I'm, I'm going to pick with the Baltimore Ravens as well. But, you know, there's a lot of questions that I just can't answer right now about their offense. And I just think if they're throwing Flacco that many times, we're going to see a Dolphins win. So I'm going to go with the Ravens in a 27-24 to game. Wow, you're even picking the score. So, um, yeah, Baltimore's good when they're underdogs. I hate picking against them. And, Trey, the next game, you what did everybody in the chat room say? Let me see what people in the chat room are saying. Paul Ewing's picking the Dolphins easy, he said. Easy over the Ravens, huh? And he's picking, Jonathan's picking the, the Dolphins as well. Jason Humphrey, sorry, I had to take up. Jason Humphrey's picking the Dolphins. So there's three against with the Dolphins, and we're the only two with the Ravens straight. We could be in trouble. Yeah, like I said, you know, I think I saw already a bunch of splits in the chat room. So, you know, that always means I picked good games, and some of these games are hard to predict. And, you know, it's not a bad pick because, you know, the NFL is all about home field, but. Yeah, I'm just not sold on the Dolphins yet, and I think um, if you know, not saying that you know Joe Flacco is elite, but I think that he's as good enough in the quarterback realm, and has been long enough to exploit some of that secondary that we saw with the Dolphins. And you know, I, I just think that uh, they're going to figure out some things with Ray Rice this week, and they're going to take take a W home. So, um, but Tarvin, you know, heck, we could lose a lot of game right there, a lot of ground, but. You know, I don't know if uh, Miklos is going to be calling in at some point, but he was our champion last week to make our predictions. So we, we, you and I need to get our crown back. Hoping 
Hey, um, Tarvin, you're breaking up again really bad. Um, I don't know what's going on, man. Sorry. But I'm going to take us – I think you're you're taking us on to the next game. I didn't hear you talk about Peyton Manning. So if you want to – I don't know, let's check your phone line. I don't know if you had some storms going on. But, guys, uh, what Tarvin was trying, to, was trying to tell us about was, you know, Peyton Manning is 4-0, and he's traveling, you know, to Dallas. And, you know, Dallas is coming off a road loss last week. And so, you know, we're looking at the, the Dallas Cowboys and, you know, what are they made of? You know, can they really um, make a statement? Because imagine if Dallas wins this game, uh, imagine the statement that they're going to make in the NFL uh, with a win against the almighty Peyton Manning, who's on pace for like a million touchdowns. Um, so, you know, Tarvin, I'm looking at this game, and I'm not sure if you're, you've are you checked your game, but I'm looking at Dallas as one of those schizophrenic road teams. 0-2 on the road, 2-0 and at home. So tell me I'm crazy for thinking that Dallas is a shot in this game if you're back, buddy. And it looks like uh, Tarvin's not back yet. So, guys, you know, looking at this, um, Paul Ewing says, I'm crazy. Peyton Manning is on pace. Uh, Jonathan tells me for 5,800 yards and 64 touchdowns. Says that Denver is going to cover the spread big time. Manning says Manning 19 touchdowns. So, you guys, you think I'm, I'm crazy, Um for picking the Denver Broncos to maybe struggle in this game, but Dallas has played well at home, and I'm not going to say I'm, I'm going to pick the Cowboys. I'm picking Denver to win this game, but I, I don't think that the Dallas Cowboys are going to get blown out of this game. I don't, I don't think this is going to be a two- or three-touchdown game. I think Dallas is going to be in it in the fourth quarter. Now, whether Romo makes an interception, uh, and Nicholas says, hey, Dallas' secondary is 27th in the league. Um, yeah, I get that. I get that Dallas has had problems, but I think that they're going to come back to the run at some point uh, and help that defense out. I mean, one of the the big things you see, and you know, we talked about it with the Ravens, was you know this Cowboys team went away from the run last week, and really they were having a lot of success. And I, I don't think the Denver defense is beyond, um, I guess, that big play and giving up a lot of rushing yards. So uh, I think that um, you know we're looking at this, and Jonathan said this wishful thinking, but. I think that Dallas is going to be competitive in this game. Like I said, I'm picking the Broncos, um, but you know, I just think Dallas might be competitive. So when Tarvin gets back on, we'll get his pick. But um, I'm, I'm going to move on. Okay, Tarvin, what do you got? Am I crazy? Can you, can you hear me? I didn't get to hear anything you said. What, what game are you on, Dallas? Yeah, and buddy, you're still breaking up. Um, sorry, man. I don't know what, but you're still real choppy. Um, but yeah, it was the studio. It's not my fault. It has to be the studio, man. My fault. I've tried everything, and it's something to do with my studio is freezing up. So you don't. Am I still breaking up? Yeah, you're still breaking up pretty bad. Well, I'm gonna bring Jonathan on real quick. I want to do a little work, so I'll be back in just a minute. All right, bring on Jonathan. Hey, Jonathan, how's it going, man? Uh, you know, it's very uh, fantastic to be king of land sports. <laughs> you know. Uh, you guys are all my minions this week, but no, I'm kidding. Uh, no, that was th- this is Dallas is favored by. I mean, Denver's favored by seven in this game. I think they really just roll in this one. I mean, come on, Manning was just toying with the Eagles' defense last week, just having fun with them. You think it's going to be any different with Dallas, who they have the number three run defense, but number twenty-seven against the pass. Nobody's running the ball in Dallas because they know they don't have to. They just throw it at them. I, I, Peyton, I could see Peyton lighting up over 400 yards and three-plus touchdowns again. 
Well, so you're clearly going with Denver, Jonathan. Uh, tell me about uh, your your pick with the Dolphins real quick. Flacco threw five picks against Buffalo. Do I need to say any more? Well, yeah, I think you do because if you look at what the Dolphins, uh, how they got sliced up by the Saints. I mean, do you think that the Ravens didn't watch that? Well, yeah, but do you think Flacco and Ed Dixon and Dallas Clark and Torrey Smith and whoever their other receivers are, Marlon Brown, do uh, you think they can recreate what Darren Sproles and Drew Brees and Jimmy Graham and Marcus Colts and Lance Moore, they didn't know. Baltimore's offense is nowhere near as potent as Lawrence's offense. Let's face it, Baltimore's defense has taken a step back. You know, I think Miami has improved much this year. And Ryan Tannehill seems like he has a grasp on things. You know, New Orleans just, they are clearly a better team, and they are my front runner for the Super Bowl from the NFC for that reason. All right. Yeah, no, I, I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. I, I think that Flacco's going to have some success against against a uh, a little bit of a exposed offensive. Let's move on to the Patriots and the Bengals, Jonathan. You have, um, well, I know who you have, but tell us who you have. I saw your picks on there, but the Patriots are coming in at four zero. Uh, they they beat a, a Falcon team. A lot of us had you know winning that game. Uh, the Patriots, you know, pulled out another one. They looked a lot better than they had. You know, Tompkins sort of broke out as a receiver, at least some people think. Um, but they're traveling to a Bengals team who, again, we're talking about a team that lost last week to the Browns, nonetheless. Uh, what do you think about the uh, the Bengals hosting the Patriots? Well, before the season, I picked the Browns to beat Cincinnati at home. Uh, I just – Cleveland plays so tough at home against divisional opponents. Uh, they've done a fantastic job in doing that, and – Cincinnati has won both their games at home over Pittsburgh and Green Bay. And the win against Green Bay, a lot of people are going to call it a fluke. Heck, I lost money on that game because of Jonathan Franklin's fumbles, the subsequent return for a touchdown. Uh, But I think Cincinnati against New England, I I honestly believe they're going to find a way to get back on track. And I'm going to take the Bengals over the Patriots this week as kind of, I guess you could say, my upset pick of the week. I just like the way... Uh, Cincinnati plays at home, and I think they have to bounce back after what many people see as an embarrassing loss to the hapless Cleveland Browns. I mean, the owner and the GM have already given up on this team. It's still just the players that have quit. Yeah, I mean, actually, Jonathan, so far, you know, I, you know, I'm not agreeing with you 100%, but I actually agree with you 100% on this game. The Bengals are, you know, a really good home team. They're, they have two really good wins at home. I know the Pittsburgh Steelers are 0-4, but I look at that, you know, the Pittsburgh uh, win is even a good win, too, for me. Uh, so I, I look at this, and I, and I look at the Patriots coming in. I'm not I'm not super impressed with that team just yet. I mean, I look at them, and I still see a lot of holes. I still see um, I still see ways to shut them down on offense. I still see ways to exploit the defense. And I just think of Andy Dalton, and I think A.J. Green is going to really find some success here. I think Dalton has to play a lot better. That, that, I don't think people realize how good the Browns' defense really is. And so – for those reasons, Jonathan, I'm, I'm agreeing with you 100%. And just to also update everybody on that Cleveland game, they had bases loaded, and uh, Cobb was able to get out of it. So, you know, Cleveland's still down 3 uh, so Go Ray. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Jonathan and I are in agreement for the first time, really, on not only the game's outcome, but also the game's breakdown uh, of the Patriots at the Broncos, at the Bengals. So, moving us on to our number two NFL game, J.M., tell me, those 4-0 Saints, you just talked about how they're their Super Bowl prediction out of the NFC. 
They are traveling to the three and one uh, Chicago Bears. Just got exposed a little bit last week. So again, another team struggled the week before. What do you think? Is this a bounce back for the Bears? Yeah, I um, I'm definitely gonna have to say the Bears win this one. I am, you know, I I. I I don't know what happened last week, to be honest with you, with Chicago. They just looked like a mess, and it's a mess we haven't seen the past three weeks. It's something they need to figure out, they need to fix, because this can't happen again. Uh, we, know, we know this, and we brought, you know, the Bears brought in Mark Trestman to solve Jay Cutler's issues, and they brought in Jermon Bushrod, and I think this is going to be an interesting game for Jermon Bushrod being the Saint, you know, the former New Orleans Saints to hop over Chicago. Uh, I don't think the Saints move on to 5-0. and They have a very tough time in Soldier Field. And I think the Bears' defense will look much better than Miami's defense did last week. And I think the Bears hold on a nail-biter in this one, led by the ground game of Matt Forte, though. Hey, guys. Can you hear me now? Hey. Yeah, hey, man. You're hey, fine. I had to change phone numbers, actually. It was my host's phone number, they said, was having issues, my 1-800 number. So I had to call into my old number. So do you all hear me better? Oh, yes, yeah, sir. you're 100% better. Okay, good. I'm glad it wasn't my phone, at least. So so that's a good yeah. thing. So where are y'all at? Where are you at? I couldn't hear anything, so I just came back into the conversation. Yeah, we, we just, uh, we're just we picking the Saints and the Bears. Uh, we're on a number two game, Tarvin. So if you want to sort of catch up and give us your Broncos, Cowboys, and Patriots, Bengals picks to catch us up, buddy. Well, I'm going with the Broncos because of Dallas's pass defense. I wanted to pick Dallas, but I just think Peyton Manning right now is too much. As for the Bengals, guys, Peyton Man- or Tom Brady is starting to play good football now. He's starting to get his groove. I like the Patriots to go on the road and beat the Bengals. The Bengals are terrible, man. I watched them play. My gosh, how bad they were this past weekend. And now you're on the Saints and Bears. So, y'all go ahead. Uh, so, Jonathan, just pick the uh, the Bears. Tarvin, who you got? Do you think the Saints go to 5-0? and Man, I, I really like Chicago at home in this game uh, because of their. I think their defense is going to play better. They're more physical. I like their offense against New Orleans' defense, so they're not going to lose again the way they lost to Detroit. I like Chicago to bounce back at home. Uh, New Orleans is going to get exposed in this one. You know, Tarvin, I, you guys are both picking the Bears, and, you know, here's my problem. I, I did you know, the great thing about DVR is you get to watch things over again. And I'm looking at Cutler's interceptions last week, and he sort of reverted back to an old Cutler where he was, you know, we're talking about forcing passes. I mean, they were down 16-10. to 10, and He was basically, he watched his receiver the entire time. Their safety baited him just sort of a la Sherman. And, and really let, I mean, again, you talk about basic mechanic issues. He was throwing off the back foot. He was His weight issues were, you know, not, he was balanced when he was throwing. And I think, well, you know, one is is it bothers me because, you know, one week kind of went way back or very way back to the old Cutler mechanic. But the other part of this, Tarvin, is I'm looking at this, and, and Jonathan, is I'm like, okay, well, this is stuff that you can clearly see on the tape, and you can clearly go in and, and make some corrections, too, because, I mean, this is not necessarily bad reads. It was bad mechanics. And, you know, Cutler actually said that in a post-game interview or, or this week, and I thought, well, at least he, he saw it. So, I agree with you, Tarvin and, and Jonathan. I, I'm tough with this one because I really, until I see Cutler improve mechanically and I see that he's not going to fall back into the same Cutler with the same really bad mechanics and bad mistakes. But, you know, again, this is one of those things where the Bears play really well at home. 
Uh, I look at the Saints, and I think, well, they're not un- unbeatable. I mean, they- they've certainly been very, very good so far. But I'm going to pick the the Bears, too. I'm going to agree with you guys. But this is one of those ones that was very hard for me, Tarvin, very, very hard. I think the the Bears, well, you know, I- I'm not sure what to make of them right now, but they're at home. And so I have a tough time finding teams go 5-0, and especially on tough road games. So Bears at home. That's the... That's gonna be the pick. I think us three, if we all agree on it, I think it's a, I think it's a good pick, guys. So well, uh, we're talking about Mark Pressman, who made Rich Cannon a MVP quarterback, and he also worked right. with Steve Young as the offense coordinator when Young finally won a Super Bowl. I think Tressman's the right coach for Cutler. Yeah, no, I I agree with you on Tressman. I think he's done a lot mechanically to help him out. Um, but we'll see. I mean, so. The number one game, Tarvin, I saw this on our on our, our message board as well, and it was all over the place in picks. The Seattle Seahawks, who got that steal of a win uh, in the Texans last week from Matt Schaub and Richard Sherman talking about how he baited Schaub into the, the throw. And, uh, you know, just a sidebar on that issue, Tarvin, I, I, talk, I heard some coaches or some players talk about how they actually on the Seattle Seahawks were coached that that moment for the the Texans was a was a call they all they often made and they were ready for that specific call. So you know you look at coaches and you know, I know Shaw's taking the run of that, but I gotta I gotta fault the coaches for making a call that was so predictable that not only did you know the players were baiting them into it because they knew it was coming. So you know that Seattle defense is very well prepared. That's another thing to come out of that, Carvin. And now here they are going on the road against the three and one you know Baltimore. Excuse me. Uh, Indianapolis Colts, oh, going back to the old days of that for a second, who have lost a home game, Tarvin. So what do you think, buddy? This is not a team that has been you know, undefeated at home. They already they already lost one. I'm not picking against Seattle anymore. I mean, God, I should have learned my lesson after Carolina and after Houston. So these Seattle Seahawks, the best way you do them, bet against them in the first half, bet on them in the second half. These guys, for some reason, can't play. In the first half, but I think this week they're going to come out in the dome. I think I think they're going to learn their lesson from getting behind. I think this week is when they, they, they take a step forward. I just don't think Indianapolis is going to beat them. This Seattle team is very, very talented. And I think Russell Wilson is getting better each week. So I'm going to go with Pete Carroll and the Seahawks on the road to, to beat a very good Indianapolis team right now. Nicholas, what do you think? Not so fast, Brian. Indianapolis <laughs> beats the Seahawks. Uh, Andrew Luck, this Indianapolis offense has, with Trent Richardson, has progressed so far. The defense has progressed, and I understand they just lost Bjorn Werner, but I still think Robert Mathis, who is leading the league in sacks, uh, whether you know it or not, I still think this Colts defense has improved enough to where they can beat the Seahawks. Uh, they're not going to give up that lead, and I know the Colts haven't looked impressive over their win with their win over Oakland and the way they lost Miami, but the way they went to San Francisco and just dismantled the 49ers, and then the way they thumped Jacksonville without looking, you know, overly impressive, it almost seemed like Alabama beating Colorado State. They were just there to be able to move on. <laughs> I'm, I'm really, really, um, I'm really excited about this Colts team, and I think that Andrew Luck, Trent Richardson, and Maude Bradshaw, this, this offense can beat the Seahawks. It's going to be a close one but I have the Colts winning this game. 
Well, I mean, you know, Jonathan, you brought some good points. I mean, this team has they built ten points in the past two weeks combined, and I know that you know those are two road games, and so you can say, well, one of those was Jacksonville. Okay, okay, I'll discount it a little bit. The other one was on the road against the 49ers, and they, you know, blank them with a 27-7 score. So there's something to be said. I mean, since the Richardson trade, I mean, both those teams are 4-0, so crazy. But, yeah, you're right, Jordan. They, they figured out some stuff on defense. But, you know, I, I look at the Seattle team, and I know that Indy's playing a lot better, and I just think they're a little bit more progressed. So I think when it comes down to that clutch moment, I really like the fact that Seattle's defense is very optimistic. And they seem to be very, very well coached. I'm going to go to Seattle in a very close game. I agree with you, Jonathan. This is going to come down to maybe a field goal here. Uh, but I'm going to go with Seattle. I agree with Tarvin once bit, twice Ooh. until they beat me. <laughs> that, was, that was Paul for Jonathan right there. I didn't, didn't mean for it to go off. But Jonathan, you know, Paul takes Seattle. Trey takes Seattle. I take Seattle. And you're all by yourself over here, Kiss. Well, that's why I won last week, and you guys, uh, you know, all came uh, behind me. And by the way, for the record, Paul went eight and seven last week, so uh, <laughs> I, I'm not saying, but I'm saying. Oh man, man, that is that is a cheap shot right there, man. That's that's below the belt. But but Trey, for Trey Jonathan was so messed up last week, he didn't even know who he picked. He didn't know he won until we told him. Right. So it's hard to there's another game uh in the NFL uh that, that I mean I came so close to picking Tarvin. I wanted to see if, if since you know, you've been watching me make these picks for a long time. I was gonna see if you knew which game it was. All right, I'm gonna pick it for you real quick. It was Green Bay and Detroit. Oh, that one was a close out, yeah. No, Eagles and Giants. I'm sorry, Eagles and Giants. No, no, actually, I had two of them, and I was going to give you credit for one of them, either one of them. Uh, One of them was the Packers and Lions. The other one was Houston and San Francisco. Just a lot of good football this weekend, guys, is a point. Uh, You know, as a bonus pick, Tarvin, I'll tell you, I like the 49ers over over Houston. Uh, And you talk about that Green Bay game, Tarvin, I, I like Green Bay over Detroit. So, this, there are more games that I could have picked. I really like some of these other games on our list, but uh, you hit it, Tarvin. Okay. You one of those, right? Well, I have a bonus pick for you, and everybody, and it doesn't mean this is these are great teams. The Eagles and Giants, right now they suck, but everybody is saying, well, the Giants are finally home. They're going to get their first win. Not so fast. Chip Kelly, I mean, I don't understand how, how New York's going to figure out how to block, how they're going to figure out how to tackle and stop people especially when they're playing an up-tempo offense like Chip Kelly. I think this is a terrible game, a matchup for the Giants right now, guys. I just want to know what y'all think about it real quick before we move on. I think the Giants stay winless after this weekend. Yeah, Tara, I actually kind of agree with you. I think the Eagles um, have figured out more on offense and defense than the Giants have. You know, Coming home is great, but this is just a team that they, they can't stop turning the ball over, and until – they can start to put that together. I, I agree with you. I think the Eagles are a little bit better right now of a football team. I mean, they have LaShawn McCoy. You know, Vic has been really brilliant at times and really bad at others, but at least they're putting up points consistently. This, they're going to give up points to the Giants. I mean, the Giants are going to score uh, in this game. But I, I, you're, I agree with you, Tarvin. I think the Eagles pulled out. Jonathan, are you with us? 
Uh, I am here, and I agree with you guys. I think the Eagles take the Giants behind the shed. Uh, the Giants cut the real Scott this week, their second-leading rusher, and then find out that, you know, their most experienced offensive lineman, probably their best offensive lineman, Chris Snead, out for the season. This is a team in full-on disarray, and Antrell Roll coming out and saying they're going to go 12-0 the rest of the way. Well, he might want to change that next week and say 11-0. My bonus pick is the bye week beating the Buccaneers. Um, I see that happening. <laughs> it's a solid win for the bye week. Uh, about, you know, 31 nothing sounds about right, you know. It's a good win. Go bye week. Yeah, the bye week, Trey. Uh, two Tampa Bay players arrested probably. They lose some starters or their quarterback gets injured. Freeman leaves. Anything can happen in these bye weeks. But, you know, I want to touch on something real quick. You know, we're going to college football now. Let me get the call in number 646-716-5564. If you'd like to weigh in and talk to us, be more than happy. I know Jason Humphrey is going to call in in a few minutes and talk about Stanford and Washington. But I don't know if you all heard that Haha Dixon for Alabama has been suspended indefinitely. And what I'm hearing is there's agents involved. The guy took payment from agents, and he's not the only player that's coming down right now. So interesting stuff in Tuscaloosa right now, Trey. I don't know if you've heard this, but this could be big. Yeah, I have heard that, and uh, you know, I have heard that you know there's other names possibly involved. I mean, you know, the names I've heard, at least the one that really intrigued me was possibly uh, Amari Cooper. Uh, but this is, you know, I'm not going to be the, I'm not going to be the one that says it's true. I'm just saying that, you know, we're saying that there are rumors that we've heard. Uh, that doesn't make it true. and It doesn't make it anything. Cause, I mean, all we know about, you know, uh, Dixon right now is that, you know, it's an indefinite suspension, which could be, you know, you look at their next four games, and I don't know that any of these guys, if you spend all three of them, Tarvin, for four games, uh, that it would matter over the next, you know, four weeks. Well, so, um, yeah. We'll see, Tarvin. You're right. There's a lot, a lot of intrigue that could come out of this, uh, but there's also a lot of nothing that could come out. So we'll have to. We'll well, have to well with, with with the Fluker tray and all the stuff we heard about DJ Fluker and some other players at Bama, does this make the NCAA finally investigate the untouchable Alabama Crimson Tide right here? I mean, you have to look at this if you're the NCAA, right? Well, depending on what it is. I mean, we don't. We have no idea what what, what field we're in right now. I mean. Um, I know that, you know, there's some people on message boards uh, who uh, claim to be, um, you know, Alabama backers or Alabama trustee type folks uh, in the know type people who usually don't post things like this. Uh, and they're the ones who, are, who you know, we're trying to monitoring. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're actually in the know. So, but if this does come out, um, and that is what it is, Tarvin, then you're right. I think there has to be an investigation if this many agents are involved. Yeah, I, I think there is. And I think, I mean, guys, this is, I think this is huge. I think this is, this could be the end of the empire. You never know what can happen. I mean, all it takes is one thing, and then all of a sudden it keeps building and building. We go back to the deer antler spray on video bought before the national championship game they're looking into go back to DJ Fluker and several other players mentioned, and I'm not going to name their names right now uh, that I've heard, and I'm not going to name their names because I don't have proof yet. And then this coming out, Jonathan, anything to worry about? I, I think there is a problem because, you know, Clinton Dick, his replacement is going to be Landon Collins right now. Landon Collins hasn't really done a lot of work at free safety. 
Uh, he's been playing uh, in you know inside corner, you know nickel and dime back a lot of this year, and that could be an issue with the secondary that has already looked vulnerable this season downfield. I mean LSU has to be smiling now because they're just going to tell Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry just keep going deep. I, that's how <laughs> we're going to beat them. I mean, something that Ole Miss should have learned, but Hugh Freeze is obviously not the coach we thought he was. He's not who we thought they were. Yeah, exactly. And we got about. You know, 37 minutes left in the show, Trey. Uh, if you want to go ahead and start, let's let's break into this top ten right now. There's some great games on the agenda here. Yeah, we'll get off at of number ten. Um, Vanderbilt is hosting their three and two, hosting a, a very quiet four and zero Missouri team. So, Tarvin, um, I'm looking at this game, and you know, I know Vanderbilt has got two losses already. I know that Missouri is undefeated. Yeah, I, I'm still going to pick Vanderbilt in this game, Tarvin. I think they have some weapons still, and, and Missouri has played a whole lot of nothing. Uh, so I, I'm going to pick uh, Vanderbilt at home. Well, that's a this is a tough game to to really choose. And I mean, it's Missouri. You're right. Or they, have they played anybody? They're undefeated. But Jonathan, there's something about a team that that is undefeated right now. I think they, they carry more of a swagger. Even though they haven't beaten the big names, they're still undefeated. And Vanderbilt, you can't be very happy right now if you're them and their confidence level. I'm going to go against you, Trey, and I'm going to take Missouri just because I think they're the most confident team. I think they have more athletes on the field. I don't think the home field advantage for Vanderbilt is enough to, to give them this win. I think on a neutral side, I think Missouri is probably four or five points better. So, Trey and Jonathan, I'm going with Missouri. Jonathan, who are you going with? Uh, I'm going to go with Trey. I'm going to take Vandy at home. I think Vanderbilt is the better team. Not only that, but I watched the Missouri-Arkansas State game last week. Uh, and Missouri did not look impressive until the fourth quarter when they eventually just took over like they were supposed to. I mean, Arkansas State held Missouri down for three quarters. And, and Vanderbilt... You know, you can't – Missouri can't be a sleeping giant for three quarters against Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's not going to let you come up and just decide, okay, now we're going to play here on the fourth. So I, I'm going to take Vanderbilt at home. Uh, you know, I don't think the doors are as great as people are making them out to be, but I think they can win this one. Okay. So I'm, a, I'm the one odd man out on the panel here, and Paul Ewing said he likes Missouri in this game. Jason Humphrey is picking Missouri. So, hey, guys. Three to two, you lose. <laughs> right. Twelve and three. All right. Well, Tarvin, I'll move us on. Just to, you know, you know, I, I, just throw it out there, Tarvin, about Vanderbilt is, you know, their, their two losses are Ole Miss and South Carolina. That's not, not two bad losses. But um, moving us on to number nine, you know, TCU, they're two and two. Uh, they have not. Been I think a lot of a lot of us thought they would be, uh, which is a sort of a surprising team. But one of their losses is to LSU, uh, so you know that's not so bad. And, but they're traveling on the road to the number eleven Oklahoma Sooners, who are now four and zero, and then coming off that big win. So is this a trap game for Oklahoma after you know, having a big uplifting win against Notre Dame, a revenge game, uh, and now here's you know little TCU uh, who they may overlook. What do you think, buddy? Well, no, I, I don't think it's a trap game. I, I look at this game. I think Oklahoma, they're heading in the right direction. Are they a national championship contender? No. I mean, can they win the Big 12? Possibly, but Baylor's looking real good right now. 
So I look at TCU, and that offense is not very good. They're only averaging about 350 yards a game total offense. Their pass defense is 76 in the country, but their rushing defense is pretty good at averaging 115 a game. I look at Oklahoma, they seem like a more balanced team. You look at their rush offense, 256.8 a game, Trey. I just think the offense is just a little too much on the ground for TCU, even though that's their strength. I think TCU wears down in the second half. I think Oklahoma wins this game probably by two touchdowns. Jonathan, what do you got, buddy? Uh, Boomer Sooner. I I think that Oklahoma comes out and gets the job done this week. TCU has not impressed me at all whatsoever. In all honesty, they have disappointed me in the way they played this year. I think uh, Oklahoma's defense is for real. It's a good-looking defense. I mean, we saw it last week. They completely frustrated Tommy Reese the whole game, intercepted him three times, limiting him to nine for 21 passing. And I think Blake Bell has been a much better quarterback than Trevor Knight was, and Blake Bell should have been a starter all along. This is where Oklahoma, I think, not only beats TCU, but they thump them and let people know they're here for real. It's going to come down to Oklahoma. Um, It's going to come down to Baylor, I believe. Whoever wins that Thursday night game at Baylor is going to win the Big 12 championship. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Jonathan. I think Blake Bell and Oklahoma have figured some things out now. I think Oklahoma, uh, you know, this is Boomer Sooner country, and they win this game rolling away. Uh, so I think we're all in agreement, Carvin. I think the chat room is all good on that pick as well. Uh, so um, looking at uh, the next game, Tarvin, and this is one close to your heart, of course. Number 24, uh, Ole Miss, who is 3-1. and one. Uh, They're going to roll into the Plains, 3-1 and one Auburn, Tarvin. I'm going to let you go last since it's your team. So, Jonathan, tell me what you think uh, against the ranked Rebels running into the Plains. Gosh, I, after Ole Miss last week, I had a really hard time picking this game. Uh, I wanted to pick Auburn because they're at home. And, you know, it's just at home, Auburn's a different ball club than when they're on the road. Mm-hmm. But I've picked Ole Miss to go 10-2 and two this year. They already lost one game. <laughs> I mean, i got to pick Ole Miss to win somewhere. Um, I think Ole Miss does eke this one out. I think they find a way to squeak this one out somewhere, kind of like the Ole Miss Vanderbilt game at the beginning of the year. It's gonna, probably going to be a high-scoring game. We're going to see a lot of offense from Bo Wallace and from Nick Marshall. And Ole Miss at the last week, their offense is going to come back with a vengeance. I, I got to take Ole Miss in this one, but it's going to be <laughs> extremely close. I, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see this game. Yeah, I mean, Jonathan, I'm looking at this. It, you know, I agree with you. I think the Ole Miss offense was, was ballyhooed uh, sort of unfortunately for them. I think because they were playing Alabama, people wanted to make that offense uh, something that it wasn't. I mean, this is a team that's 77th uh, in passing offense and 47th in rushing offense, so they're not exactly, you know, the, the, the Texas A&M. And I think a lot of people thought, oh, well, Wallace can really light it up. Well, Wallace is an okay quarterback, let's be honest. Um, and this offense isn't uh, sort of what a lot of people want to make them yet. So, I mean, I, I look at, uh, you know, this game and I look at, um, the Auburn defense. So I look at, okay, well, if Ole Miss isn't that great on offense, and we know Auburn struggled mightily even worse, they're 86 in passing offense. But they actually are much better running the football at 22nd in the nation. But that offense, uh, I don't know if they can make up for the defense's laps, Jonathan and Carmen. I look at you know, Auburn's 95th against the pass and, and 79th against the run. 
Uh, and I, I think that's what's going to to hurt Auburn. I think they're going to run the ball very well against Ole Miss. I think that uh, Wallace, uh, Bo Wallace finds enough room to throw the ball to get the win. But I agree with Jonathan. I, I, the offense for Auburn at home, that rushing offense, is what I think could win this game for Auburn. And if they do win, uh, look for a 200-yard rushing game for, for Auburn and the offense. Uh, but, Tarvin, I'm going to pick Ole Miss in a very tight game. I just don't think Auburn's defense is ready to, to pull it out yet. Well, I'll tell you something about Auburn is, like Jonathan said, it's a night game at home. They play a lot better. Something is happening now. They're finally this, – this week is the first week that Auburn has had their entire team at practice together, actually practicing. And this is the entire season, even fall camp. We've had a lot of injuries. Chris Davis is back. He's our senior lockdown corner that's been out for the Mississippi State and LSU game. But this is the time of season now. The bye week came at a perfect time to heal up these injuries. Nick Marshall is going to be the reason the reason Auburn wins this game. The defense will play better, I think. They're not going to shut Ole Miss out like Alabama did because they don't have anybody up with binoculars stealing signals and plays. But they will play better, and they do have a lot of depth on that defensive line. They're going to be rotating them. The key is, can they get their linebacker play? I don't think Ole Miss runs the ball like you think they do, Trey. I think Auburn kind of shuts that game down. I think Nick Marshall has a huge game. What I'm hearing is Gus Malzahn is taking the training wheels off of him now. After that road game at LSU, he feels a lot more confident with his decision-making. Having the two weeks of practice is huge. It's going to be a very close game, but I like Auburn at night beating Ole Miss. I don't know how Ole Miss back, you know, bounces back after being shut out and humiliated. I mean, this was two years in a row. They come in with a chip on their shoulder thinking they're very good and they get skull drugged uh, by Alabama. But now, guess what? you got to go on the road at night to a team that's rested and waiting for you. Gus Malzahn and Hugh Freeze are very good friends, both in the same school of, of offense. It's going to be a great game to watch. I think if you're out there and you're not a fan of either team, watch it. I think it'll be entertaining. But Auburn pulls it out in the fourth quarter. I think they win by 10 points in this game. I think Nick Marshall, this is his coming out party, really. Training wheels are off, guys. It's time to play. Well, that's an interesting pick. Uh, Tarvin, I, uh, I will tell you that the chat room is blowing up with the, the word practice, uh, a la Alan Iverson. Not practice, not a game. I'm not practice. Uh, so uh, nice, nice, nicely done, chat room. On that, so Tarvin, you pulled, you got the upset there, so we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, yeah, I'm not sold on on that just yet. Um, looks like this Indian Rays game is getting pretty interesting. I'm watching that. So, Tarvin, I'll move us on to game number seven. Trey, Trey, hold on, hold on. You're breaking up pretty bad, Jonathan. Do you hear Trey breaking up, or is it me? No, I, I Trey, you were breaking up a little bit there, bud. Okay. Paul, Paul All right, Trey. Me fine, so. Yeah, I'm having trouble. Can you hang up and call back in, and I'll I'll start this game. If you can do that for me real quick, because I think that might help you. Yep, doing that. All right, I appreciate you, buddy. Well, I picked Auburn. Uh, Paul, you didn't pick Auburn. You guys picked Ole Miss. And, and this is, Jonathan, when you're at Jordan-Hare at night, it's a fun environment to be at. But I think this is a huge game for both teams. I think if Auburn can win this one, some good momentum for them. If they lose, it could kind of give them a six- or seven-win season only. Same thing for Ole Miss. If they lose this game, Jonathan, it could be a bad season for your Rebels. Oh, yeah, it's a huge momentum game. Uh, you know, they really need to 
both teams really need to win this one. I, you know, whoever loses this game is probably going to stumble, and that's neither team can afford that. Especially, you know, especially Ole Miss, who's supposed to be their year, their breakout year. You know, they have a bunch of young talent they can keep building. This is supposed to be the year they come along and they surprise a lot of people. With Auburn, they win this game and they get they start getting rolling. They could be a surprise team and possibly vie for their spot in the West because Alabama's a beatable team. You know, this is not the Alabama last year or before. This is a very beatable Alabama team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And this is a swing game, and I really think if Auburn can win this, they can win eight games this year. If they lose it, it could be six wins. You never know. But momentum is everything in college football. I like the chances when Auburn's an underdog at night. Uh, when they play at home. I really like it. I like their chances. But here's the deal. If they don't improve on their tackling, Ole Miss is going to score some big plays on them. And you remember last year in Oxford, that game was tied late in the third quarter, and Ole Miss hit that big run. I mean, this was a bad Auburn team that's already quit was playing with these guys. So we'll see how it works out. But you guys are against me. I understand why. I mean, I got to pick my team in a close game like this. I couldn't go against them. Uh, so the next game on the list is, Trey, I'll let you take over from here. Arizona State, yeah, Notre but, Dame. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Number 22, Arizona State, 3-1, uh, and one, coming off a big victory. Uh, traveling in South Bend, who the Notre Dame fighting hours for 3-2, and two, and Tommy Reese looked lost last week, Tarvin. I mean, he looked lost. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to tell you right now, Tarvin, I'm taking Arizona State. That passing offense is seventh in the nation. Uh, and you know, this, this Notre Dame passing defense is not as good as build, and in fact, they're giving up a lot of rushing yards too. Tarvin, you know, this is a team, Arizona State, that made me a believer last week. Tarvin, I picked against them. I'm not doing it again this week. I'm going with the Sun Devils. Yeah, and Trey, I'm still having some trouble, and it could be me, so I apologize if it is. And it's not you, but um, I, I can't pick Notre Dame. This game's in Dallas, correct? Yeah, it's in Dallas. It's in Dallas, and this is a neutral side. So everybody is thinking this game is not in Notre oh, Dame. This is actually, yeah, this is in a neutral side. Arizona State, um, they have some momentum, guys. Putting up 60 on, on Southern Cal, Carlson Lane Kiffin his job. You know they have to be feeling good about themselves. Notre Dame just doesn't have the offense. They look like they're in slow motion. And, and I just don't see them beating a team like Arizona State. They'll, they're going to wear them down by the fourth quarter. Arizona State by 10 points in this game, guys. I, I agree. I, I think Arizona State blasts Notre Dame, beats the doors off, and this is going to be ugly. Marion Grice, that running back for Arizona State, is going to have a massive game on the ground. And as a receiver on the backfield, Notre Dame's defense is overrated. This is not a good Notre Dame football team. Arizona State is actually finally turning that corner that we've been waiting for for over a decade now, uh, since 1996, since Shake the Snake and Pat Tillman were roaming the field. It is about time Notre Dame realizes they're not that good, and this game's going to prove it. Arizona State's going to drop at least 35, if not 40 points, maybe even 50 on Notre Dame, and really just silence every single snob, Nose up in the air, Notre Dame fans. Quinn, if you're listening, call in and prove me wrong. Well, Tarvin, uh, where is Quinn, Tarvin, by the way? Uh, he's been having some health issues, actually. 
so it's a good thing you brought that up. I was going to tell everybody to keep him in your prayers. He's having some, like they're thinking he's having seizures at night, actually, during his sleep. So he's getting checked out. That's where, that's why he's been missing for a little while, but he's in our prayers. Wow, yeah, Quinn, dude, you're in our prayers, man. Did not know, uh, but in our prayers, dude, uh, thinking about you. Call us when you can, man. All right, Trey. Take us on to the next one. We all we all like Arizona State in this one, and and now the next game you have for us is a little SEC action here. Yeah, Tarvin, number uh, three and two, Arkansas traveling down in the swamp with number eighteen, Florida, three and one. Tarvin, uh, tell me I'm wrong. I think the backup for Florida is better, and that Florida makes a statement this weekend. Yeah, the backup is better. Uh, I'll honestly say that. But, guys, I have to eat a little crow here. And it's not about wins or losses right now, but Arkansas looks like a very decent football team, very impressed with what they're doing on the field. You look at it, Trey, they're 33rd in the rush defense. They're 21st in rush offense. I mean, their passing game needs some help. But these guys are heading in the right direction. I don't know if it's good enough to go to the swamp and pull out a win. I mean, this is a night game in the swamp. Arkansas is a little outmatch. I think it'll be close for the first half. I think it'll be within three or four points. But I think Florida scores a couple of touchdowns late in the game to take the momentum. I think Florida wins this game by probably 17 points. Just too much talent on that field at night in the swamp. Yeah, Tarvin, I I agree with you on at least one point. I think this game isn't close by the end. Yeah, Arkansas is playing uh, very well, especially the rushing defense. Dillema's got them. A rushing offense, excuse me, but he needs a quarterback, uh, and they're gonna they're gonna be down pretty big. I think Florida wins this this, this rolling carbon in the swamp. Man, if Florida loses this game, I'll be really, really, really disappointed. Um, I think Tyler Murphy is way better than Jeff Driscoll, another two star recruit outperforming a five star. You know, he's done a fantastic job. I, I think Florida wins this game, but I think it's going to be close. Arkansas has played Florida close uh, in recent memory, you know. So, you know, I expect Arkansas to be in this one, but they, if they can't get downfield and, you know, somehow try and beat the cornerbacks of Florida that are pretty darn good, they don't have a chance because they're not going to be able to run the ball all night, even though Alex Collins, who originally was committed to FSU, has been a stellar running back. Yeah, Alex Collins yeah. is definitely special. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a good little running back, and he's he's improving. But Trey to beat Florida at night in the swamp, you have to beat the Auburn Tigers to do something like that. So I don't think Arkansas can right now. So that takes us on to number five, and I'm going to hit this game up <laughs> since 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 you guys are are big Florida State fans. I want to get y'all's opinion on this game. Miami number fourteen team at home, Trey. 4-0 momentum. Georgia Tech comes limping in here at 3-1 and after getting embarrassed by Virginia Tech. Trey, tell me, can Georgia Tech go in and take care of this and pull a big upset? Uh, no, sorry. I, I, you know, this game is, is possible. This game is, is, a, is a shocker. I mean, Georgia Tech sometimes does this. They they, they play terrible, and then all of a sudden they, they win a game they're not supposed to. I, I just don't see it happening. This team is so bad passing the football. They're 111th in the country. Uh, I think Miami has the talent to stop the run. Uh, and then after that, what do you do if you're Georgia Tech? They don't have the talent on offense to throw the ball around. 
So I think Miami wins this game, Tarvin. And Miklos, what do you think? Jeez. Um, let's see. Georgia Tech, not that great of a football team. Miami, pretty darn good football team with their backup quarterback in. Oh, man, this is a really tough one. Uh, Miami's going to roll Georgia Tech. This isn't even – I don't even know why this is on the list. There's, Miami's offense is ridiculously good right now. I, you know, we, I'm, I'm a little nervous now that, you know, we play them this year. Uh, and, and, you know, a couple weeks, two weeks actually after Clemson. Miami, if their defense can keep that triple option under wraps, they should easily walk away in this one. But last year we saw they did have trouble. They struggled against that triple option in what was a great game last year in Atlanta. Yeah, I'm going to not so fast both of you here. I'm going to I'm gonna take Georgia Tech to go on the road and pull off an upset and, and put Miami back in their place here. I do think Georgia Tech is going to be able to run the football guys. They're 10th in the country in rushing. They're averaging almost 300 yards a game. I do see a couple of big passes in this game to hit Miami deep. I just don't think Miami is a disciplined enough team. I know everybody's on Al Golden, how great he is now, and how much they love him. But Georgia Tech is 11th in the country in rush defense, 22nd in pass defense. I think their defense is going to keep them in this game. Miami is going to be off balance. I think it's a shocker, guys, that Georgia Tech's pulling the upset in this one. You heard it here first. <laughs> well, Tarvin, you said you had a big upset prediction, and you did not disappoint, man. That's a that's a big one. Uh, that's, that's not even the biggest one. <laughs> well, man, you got me on my feet right now then. Wow, big, big pick, Tarvin, big pick. You have to, man. I just... I see Georgia Tech being able to take care of business right here. Jonathan's probably laughing over here right now, but I'm, I'm telling you guys, it's, it's the the Tech coming into town to Miami. And... <laughs> Sorry. There he goes, Ray. There he goes. I knew it was coming here. And uh, is number four game, guys, Georgia at Tennessee on my upset list. So I'll go last on this one, and, Trey, you can take it from here. Yeah, I think I know what game is in your upset list now, but – uh, Carmen, this is, uh, you know, Georgia is number six in the country. Everybody's on the Bulldog bandwagon. Uh, you know, Danny Cannell came out and said that Georgia is the best team in the SEC. Um, I'm not sure of that, Carmen. I'm more impressed with Georgia now than I was before. Uh, but, you know, I think they look at this Tennessee team, and I think this is going to be a little bit closer uh, than folks are probably, you know, this is one of those Georgia teams that I think will play down. Uh, a little bit, and I think Tennessee is going to play a little bit uh, up. Uh, so I, I look at this game as a close, closer game, I guess I should say. I think Georgia pulls it out in the fourth quarter and pulls away. But I think this is going to be a closer uh, for a little, at least the first half, Tarvin, than to make Georgia fans yeah. a little nervous. Yeah. Uh, did you see the emotion, guys, that, I mean, Georgia, after that game, it looked like they just won the national championship. And when I see teams like that with coaches crying, players crying, and next week you got to go on the road to Knoxville. I'm, I'm telling you guys, this Tennessee team has gotten better in practice, I think. I mean, I'm not I'm not ready to say Tennessee's a great football team by, by any stretch right now, but Georgia, how are they feeling right now after coming off this huge win? How do they rebound? I mean, Gurley's out. They have to rely on, on Marshall to run between the tackles, and I don't know. Going on the road to, to Tennessee, Trey, this is a, a division rival game that 
it seems to be close for the most part, and I think it's going to be a close game. You took the words right out of my mouth. I think Georgia pulls away late in this game. This is not going to be a blowout, guys. When you see this, I promise you, take Tennessee and the points in this game. This could be a signature win for Jones if he could pull it out. I don't know if he can because of the quarterback play, but if they find quarterback play, I think they can. They could possibly. You never know in the SEC what could happen, but I'm not ready to say Georgia is blowing out Tennessee, John. You know, I, I do think Georgia, after a huge win against LSU, I think they do have almost a North Texas game where they have a tough time and they struggle a little bit. I'm going to take Georgia in this one, but I think Tennessee is going to give them a, hard, a good fight just like they did last year. You know, and Gurley being out really doesn't um, bode well for the Bulldogs. But Mar- Marshall's a good running back. He can still get the job done. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, Trey, this is this is a good game. What? Give me a percentage, Trey, of the upset happening in this game. Georgia going on the road, three thirty Eastern kickoff on CBS. Give us your percentage here. Well, you know, I, I agree with Paul. It's about five or ten percent because uh, the real the real reason is is quarterback play. You know, I think mm-hmm. Tennessee can run the run the football, but I I just don't have the confidence. Because uh, I mean, if they if they were going to pull an upset, there's no way they're going to blow out Georgia. So it'd be a very tight game, which means you have to have a quarterback with just ice in his veins in the fourth quarter, you know. And I just don't see uh, Worley as that guy right now. I think the receivers for Tennessee are young enough to probably do something like that uh, to have just an, a game, you know, where all of them play outside their mind. Um, but I just don't see Worley being able to go mistake-free in the second half, and I think that's the difference. So I think it's a low, but I think it's a high percentage that they play close, uh, and Georgia kind of plays you know, plays worse than they should. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're all in the same agreement that, that Georgia's going to win, but it's, I think it's going to be a close one, and Paul thinks it's going to be a blowout, but you never know. The Tennessee Vols will be wearing great. That could that could come into play here, you know, a different jersey to fire the team up, fire the fans up. But this is a big game for Tennessee, guys. Make no mistake about it. This is a huge game to test where they're at. I'm, I don't look at last week against uh, South Alabama when they were up 34-7. I throw that out. I look at the Oregon game and the Florida game. How did they progress from that those two games to now? This is where we're. This is a measuring stick to how Coach Jones is doing right now and how he's keeping his team mentally in this season, so we'll see. This is a big game, and the next game is close to y'all's heart, and um, you know, a, a noon kickoff here, 11 Central, number 25 Maryland comes into Tallahassee. Uh, both teams 4-0. Florida State's a big favorite, Trey, in this game, and are they going to are they gonna look bad at 11 o'clock, or are they going to take this game and take it serious and blow Maryland out like they should? Yeah, here's the deal, Tarvin. I'm putting Florida State on upset alert, man. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Maryland is playing really, really well. I think people have really not – who haven't watched Maryland play haven't realized how well they actually have played. You know, Jimbo Fisher has shown in the past that he overlooks opponents. Now, with Maryland getting a ranking this week, maybe they don't overlook them. But, Tarvin, I got them on upset alert. That defense – uh, I know that a lot of people came out and said, "Well, the problems they saw last week against Boston College, those are you know those are easily you know, sort of problems that we could fix over a week." 
Well, I'm not so sure. I think that Florida State defense has got some sort of problem with it, uh, and I look at this as a as a real big upset alert, Tarvin. Jonathan, what do you think? Go Knowles. Um, you know, I picked Maryland to go 10 and 2 for the season, and a lot of people looked at me kind of cockeyed, and I said, "Look, you know, you give Maryland a quarterback who can actually play, and they're not starting a linebacker or their third string quarterback." This is a good football team. And, you know, I'm not I, – I wasn't worried about this game before the season because it's in Tallahassee. But the way FSU's defense has looked uh, – that secondary against Boston College, I mean, come on, really? My, I mean, come on. That, that, that's a come on, man, all by itself. Every time they give a touchdown, you just look at them and go, really? Are you serious? Boston College. Jameis Winston is going to have another big day, though. I have a lot of faith that the Noles are going to pull this one out, but golly, I should not be sweating this game. That especially not with Clemson in two weeks. I'm more worried about this game than I am Clemson right now because I think Maryland has a better chance of beating us than Clemson. Yeah, I mean, Tarvin, just to throw this out there for you, Maryland is 14th and 13th against the pass and rush defensively. Um, that's that's not good numbers. <laughs> I mean, Florida State's fourth in the nation in pass. Um, so I mean, this is going to come down to sort of strength on strength. You know, can the Florida State, you know, strength of passing the ball uh, overcome this Maryland pass defense and rush defense? So, you know, that's why I have an upset alert tournament. I think they pull it out, but this is going to be a this is going to be a struggle. Yeah, I dropped Florida State in my polls for the reason is for some reason they can't play in the first half. It's like these guys cannot play, and now it's a, a noon kickoff and early kickoff. I just don't know. They have to prove to me that they can play in the first half and the second half. Guys, I'm I'm not scared about this game because I'm not a Florida State fan. It doesn't matter. But I just don't see any way Maryland goes in to Tallahassee and pulls out a win. You can have them on upset alert all you want, Trey. I think Florida State wins this game by three touchdowns, and Winston is just too much. And I think Florida State, you're right, they will take this serious because Maryland is ranked now. It's not like they're playing an unranked Maryland team. This is a ranked team, which gives them credibility. They will take it serious. They will take care of business. Winston has four touchdowns in this game and gets his name back in the Heisman conversation. All right, Tarvin. Well, hopefully for our sake, um, you're right. But, Tarvin, the next game, number two, tell me I'm – I mean, maybe maybe you guys disagree, but I did not put this as our number one game of the week. This is where game day is going. This is where a lot of the chat room and the everybody has their number one game of the week. I just – I don't see it as the number one game of the week, but maybe I'm wrong, Tarvin. Number four, Ohio State, 5-0, and traveling to uh, Evanston, Illinois, to play the number 16, Northwestern, uh, who are also 4-0 as well. Um, Tarvin, what do you think about this game? Well, before the season started, guys, I was, you know, I picked Northwestern in this game, but I've seen this game before. 4-0 Northwestern. If they had a loss or something, I'd feel better about it. But they're ranked 16th in the country, a night game in Northwestern. Ohio State is, is limping in. I think they're about a touchdown favorite. They beat Wisconsin last week. It was a physical game. But, guys, I just don't see Northwestern winning this. I, I want to. I want to pick Northwestern. I want to find any ways. But Ohio State goes in, and I think they jump on Northwestern early. I think Urban Meyer understands being on the road at night. He has to make a statement early. He can't get behind. I think it's 14 to nothing in the first quarter. Ohio State sets the tone, and I think they 
they they end the game up on a positive note. I think Ohio State wins this game something like 35-21. I think it's going to be a little high scoring, but I don't think Ohio State takes these guys for granted. I mean, this is a big game. The passing defense of Northwestern is terrible, so Ohio State could have a big game. Um, Northwestern wins. Uh, yeah, I'm oh, going to be that guy wow. this week. I'm, I'm going to be that guy this so. week. I I'm going to be so. that guy. Northwestern upsets Ohio State. Night game in Evanston. I'm going to take Kane Coulter. I'm going to take Trevor Simeon. I'm going to take Ben Rittmark. They're going to upset the Buckeyes. They're going to end Urban Meyer's 17-0 record. They're going to make it. They're just going to pull a New York Giants on the Patriots, end it right there, and we're going to restart it. Northwestern pulls it off. They beat Ohio State by a touchdown at home under the light in Illinois. Well, Tarvin, you know, not not so fast on Jonathan. I agree with Tarvin completely. This is a game that I had in the preseason, Northwestern winning, um, but Tarvin, you're right. 117th in the nation against the pass. Uh, wow, that's just so terrible. Um, you know, <laughs> that's all. That's Auburn terrible last year. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I mean, I, I just think that the Ohio State is going to throw the ball on this team. Uh, they're going to make Northwestern one-dimensional. That's the strength of Northwestern is a run. It's also the strength of Ohio State's defense. So I think Ohio State makes them one-dimensional, then they can't throw, then Ohio State can. I think this one gets a little bit out of hand, Tarvin. I don't think in the fourth quarter we're going to be watching this game either. I agree with you. I think Ohio State, something like you know, 35-21, like you say, uh, maybe even 35-14. to 14. Uh, So, Jonathan, not so fast. I mean, I would love it if Ohio State lost. I don't think they deserve to be in a national championship discussion, uh, and, a, and a loss would take them completely out of it for good. Uh, but I just I just can't see it, man. I just really can't. Well, I mean, there we go. I mean, Jonathan picks the upset. Huge upset there if it happens. But, hey, I'll be pulling for you, Jonathan. Trust me, but I'm not ready. And, and Trey, you know, you think my upset I have on this one besides Georgia Tech is not on the list. And after their number one game, I'll give it to you. It could shock you guys, but so we'll see. But the number one game is, is a team that I've been picking against um, and, you know, they're making me look stupid. The Stanford Cardinal at home, number five ranking, uh, hosting Washington, a team that preseason trade I had beating them. I had Washington going to beat Stanford. So this game is, is in California. Stanford is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. And, Trey, to be able to jinx Stanford here, I'm going to pick Stanford to win at home against Washington. And hopefully the opposite happens in this one because there's a couple teams that when I pick them to win, they – they lose, and when I pick them to lose, they win. I think Stanford could be one of these, so I'm going with Stanford at home. Yeah, I mean, but let's not forget Jonathan and Tarvin. This is a a, a game they lost last year. Stanford lost 17 to 13 uh, up in Washington last year. So I mean, this is, I mean, not only is Stanford a very good football team, Washington's a pretty good football team too. I think this is going to be the game of the day. I think this is going to be a very tight game. But I think ultimately you're looking at a Stanford team who, you know, has this on their mind from last year, knew that this is where they got tripped up, you know, in this game and, and lost a very tight one. 
So I think Stanford wins. Very, very close, Tarvin. I think 20-17. to 17. This is the game. It's a late-night game for all of us on the East and Central time zone. Uh, so it's going to be tough to stay up for it. But I think college football fans should. Uh, i got Stanford winning a very close one, <laughs> Tarvin. Yeah, I'll be awake for that one. Jonathan, tell us your upset. Revenge. Stanford gets the revenge uh, over Washington this week. I, t- you know, I told you at the beginning of the year, Brian, Stanford's a good football team. Oh, Washington State's going to beat them. Yeah, no, they're not. Washington doesn't get Stanford. You got it. I think the Cardinals really just look very good right now. Washington's a good football team. I think Washington's an excellent football team. Is this game is that Washington? I would pick Washington, to be honest with you. But because it's in Palo Alto, because of the whooping Stanford put on Washington State last week, I think the momentum rolls on with them. I think Stanford wins by seven. Uh, it's going to be a you know it's going to be a touchdown game. This is going to be a great game. You can bet I'll be awake for it. Tarvin, so uh, Paul in the chat room thinks Washington wins despite everything. So, you know, Tarvin, you're not uh, the only person who had this game fixed in the preseason, but Paul is still still saying that. Uh, Jason Humphrey, our, our Pac-12. Uh, Guru did not. I guess I don't know. I haven't seen him in a while on the chat rooms. I don't know if he couldn't stay up for this one, Tarvin. He's on, he's on the Pacific Coast. Where is he? But uh, you know, Stanford over Washington, Tarvin. So I'm, I'm intrigued. Who is your upset, guys? There's a little game in the SEC this weekend that's happening at night in Starkville, Mississippi. LSU coming off a huge emotional loss, and sometimes that's just as bad as a win. And Mississippi State with the bye week, they look good. They're physical up front. They they shut Auburn down to like 100 yards rushing, and they're just a very physical team. And so looking at this game, LSU, their defense looks like crap. I think Mississippi State at home, a 10-point underdog, pulls off the upset in the SEC West. Call me crazy, guys, but that's my upset pick of the week, bigger than the Georgia Tech over Miami. You're crazy, hey, Marvin. You're, you're bonkers. I mean, you're a cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, man. Come on now. <laughs> Come on, man. Fred, put him in his place. <laughs> yeah, Tarvin, I, I'm going to go ahead and say that, you know, I thought your Georgia Tech upset is is, is impossible. Miami is certainly, you know, playing with a backup quarterback. <laughs> I, I, I look at this one, Tarvin, and I, I you know, I can't back you up on this one. I think you're out there a little bit on this one. I think I think Mississippi State is not a very good football team. Um, so, you know. Well, I'm going to try to pick upsets. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to pick upsets and things like that can happen. And, like, looking at them, I mean, you can't pick them all, but this is a perfect setup for an upset. And it's, I'm telling you, Mississippi State is not a bad team. After they played Auburn, they beat a Troy team that's not terrible now. Troy's a decent football team, and they beat them by about 60 points. They had a bye week. The guys can play physical, and the reason I'm picking this upset is because the emotional loss they had, but the defense of LSU is bad. I think Mississippi State at home with the Cowbells can pull it off. So, guys, what are you going to say when when Georgia Tech and Mississippi State pull these upsets off this weekend? I'm going to say you paid off a lot of refs. Uh, paid off a lot of officials. Uh, you know, I, I'm telling you, you want a, you want an upset? Iowa State over Texas on Thursday night. 
I'll, I'll even throw in a second one that I'm not predicting but could happen. Utah over UCLA on Thursday night. There's another one. There's two games that I think we could see the favorite in those games go down. That right, could happen. Right. I mean, any, any week in college football, especially in conference play, you got to put people on upset alert, especially in the SEC. But, guys, I mean, I'm not crazy about this pick. I mean, I, I, I looked at it. Uh, it looks good to me. I mean, the Washington State did too. I'm not saying I get all these right, but – uh, I'm telling you, this could. I know the SEC a little more than I do any other conference, so trust me when I say watch out for this. I mean, LSU could beat them by 40. I'm not saying they couldn't, but this has every ingredient. You sure about that? Hello? In his career, he's never had a – Dan Mullen's never had a signature win, and I was on mute, by the way. Um, this could be his signature win to get it against LSU. would be huge for him in the program. The bye week is going to pay huge dividends for Mississippi State. Well, why not Minnesota over Michigan, as Paul brings up in the chat room? Why not Minnesota over Michigan? I mean, Michigan's played terrible. Minnesota if is Colgate, If Colgate beats Michigan, it's not an upset, dude. Michigan <laughs> is on upset alert every week. <laughs> oh, Michigan Lord, is on upset If you almost... If you almost lose to, to Connecticut and uh, Akron and you have to pull them out back-to-back weeks, come on, guys. Let's get real. Michigan's a pretender. Gardner, Trey, I was wrong about him. I'm not, I'm not ready to throw him off just yet, but he's nowhere near what I thought he would be. Well, I, I, we both agree on that one. And I'm going to give you a couple. That, I'm going to go out on a limb for mine, too, since we're doing this. Jonathan threw a couple out there. I think I don't, Jonathan. I think I, I think I'm gonna call you crazy. I think UCLA is gonna roll Utah. But uh, here's mine, Jonathan. How about BYU <laughs> over Utah State on Friday night? And then my other one, Tarvin, call me crazy. Georgia State takes down Alabama. Yeah, I, I, I see that happening. Perfect <laughs> storm here. Georgia I State see. only only a 55 point underdog here. Only a 55 point <laughs> underdog. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, only 55. I mean, the total for the game is like 54. No, they're only 55. Hey, Trey, I want you to notice the common theme of my upset from last week to this week, uh, the 10-point spread again. The home team, the 10-point underdog. So, I mean, it didn't happen last week. I was wrong. I'll say it 100 times. But watch out for that game, guys. And Sunday night when you see me, Y'all call in. I want Jonathan and Trey, y'all be here first to congratulate me when we start the show off. I'll give you both a couple of minutes to say a few words about me. You know, you know, he's a jolly good fellow, whatever you want to say. Uh, I'll give you <laughs> five minutes apiece. Just to, you know, you know, boost my ego up a little bit. Well, I mean, uh, what about Temple over Louisville? They're, they're, they're I mean, only a 34-point favorite. You know, that's very close. There's another upset that, you know, to piggyback off a trade. You know, if we're going to go, <laughs> well, nah, I mean, if we're going to look past the opponents, I mean, Alabama and Louisville can look completely past their opponents. <laughs> no. But, Tarvin, really, I'll tell you my other upset for real, not Alabama, Ball State over Virginia. That's my, that's my other one. Tar- Trey, you didn't but, even really pick upsets. Yeah. Hey, B- a- BYU over Utah State, to me, isn't an upset. And Ball State over Virginia is not an upset. I mean, come on, Trey. 
Grab your ball, uh, Trey. Do you still have some? <laughs> oh, damn. Hey, if, right. if you All pick right. Georgia State to beat Alabama, really, I'd, I'd give you the, the balls of the week award. But I know you wouldn't do that. No, because there's, there's no way it happens. Like, Alabama can lose their entire first team and still beat them. Saban no. could beat Georgia State by himself. I can travel to Tuscaloosa and beat Georgia State. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean. All right, guys. Yeah, um, we're about to have to get off here. My dog told me it's time to take him outside. I don't know why, but he's wanting me to take him outside. But real quick, top three Heisman update right now. Jonathan, go. Oh, uh, put me on the spot there. Uh, Aaron Murray, Johnny Manziel, and Jameis Winston. I'm going to be a homer. Um, I, I, I hate going all quarterbacks so since that's how the award usually winds up. Manziel's my front runner, and then you have to give Missouri and Winston credit. You know, we saw what Murray's done against Clemson, South Carolina, and LSU. I'd like to see anybody else stack the resume the way they have against teams of that caliber. Trey? Uh, well, you know, you know me, Carvin, I always like to give more than just your three. Uh, All right, top 15 then, Trey. (laughs) (laughs) I got Johnny Manziel, Marcus Mariota, and Teddy Bridgewater, if you're going to keep me to three. Well, I have Johnny Manziel one right now, just because he's crazy. I have Murray second right now, and I'm going to put Taj Boyd at third. I might move Taj. Let me do do this. Let me do this. Let me put... Taj Boyd at one, Johnny Manziel two, and Aaron Murray three. I think Taj Boyd, until he loses the game, I'm going to keep him up number one. He's playing phenomenal football, and if he goes undefeated, he will win that Heisman. So we'll see. I'm going to keep him at number one right now. All right. All right. Hey. All right, guys. We'll see. Tarvin, let me just ask you this. Uh, For those Alabama fans out there, is A.J. McCarron – with six touchdowns and three picks this year, is, is he worthy of any talk from Alabama fans? <laughs> no, because Johnny Manziel had that in the first half last week. No. No. No, I mean, there, there's no A.J. McCarron, no way. I don't care if he goes undefeated. Looking at it right now, I don't see anybody on Alabama because they're such a complete team. I mean, they don't have – A.J. McCarron's not a Heisman. He's a game manager for the most part, maybe a little better. Yeldon's got about two – too slow of a start, really. The running game struggling. I just don't see Alabama winning a Heisman this year unless everybody falls off and starts losing and playing bad. I just don't see it. Man, I tell you. Yeah. Well, guys, Sunday night, Trey, we may start a little bit later. Uh, I might have to check and see. Or we may have to move the show just a little bit or do something different. Uh, but I'll let you know something Friday. But, guys, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Jonathan, you won the Pick'em Challenge last week. Congratulations. I'm sure you and Matt Schaub are buddies now. But um, we'll see you <laughs> Sunday night. I'll keep you updated. Stay on touch with our Way in Sports Talk page, and through Twitter we'll update you on the time and everything. And, guys, have a great week, and I'm looking forward to some football and baseball. Go Rays. Go Rays, indeed.